0: Welcome to the Red Dirt Nation podcast, my name is Warren Crank and we're out here at Bethel in Dolby and I'm here with Vicky Williams who was introduced to you in podcast number three. It would be worth checking that one out. Anyway, Vicki, welcome. Tell us where we are right now.
1: Uh, at the moment we're standing next to uh, our aquaponics which is situated on our property at Bethel in Dolby.
0: Now, aquaponics, for those people who don't know too much about it, tell us a little bit about the system and some of its great benefits.
1: Okay, so um, basically... The plants don't grow on soil, they grow in a growing medium, so clay, balls, or we're using um, blue metal. And um, you have fish down the bottom, so this setup's got 11 growing pods on the top, which are just cut down IBCs and four fish tanks. And um, so we have fish down the bottom, the water cycles every 15 minutes, so that all the fish um, pollutants go up the uh, plants clean the water and then the clean water goes back down to the fish and then we just feed our fish a high protein pellet and that helps them to grow and what we do here is we don't eat them yet we just cycle them back to the dam so if we get anything big down in the four pods we take it back down to the dam because fish don't actually or silver perch don't actually breed when they're in tanks so we have to um, send them back and then they bring the small ones back up so that we can just keep the cycle going.
0: All right, so aquaponics is kind of a self enclosed ecosystem. You have a few add ins, but uh, it largely takes care of itself. Now, what are we looking at here as uh, growing, thriving really as we speak?
1: So, tomatoes love water, and um, traditionally, people who want to grow really great tomatoes do use um, aquaponics and other growing mediums, obviously. But so, we've got little cherry tomatoes, uh, we've got some random mint, which we need to get rid of again because it takes over. Uh, but we just also like cut off our tops of, bottoms of our celery and stick that in, um, different silver beets, um, yeah, lots of the, um, you know, like chives, spring onions, leeks. Pretty much anything that we think we're going to use in the kitchen, we'll um, stick it in here. And because um, and they don't have to compete for nutrients in the soil, then they actually um, can be grown very close together. So it's a, a system that doesn't use a lot of water because we've got ours covered with some shade mesh just to stop a bit of evaporation. Um, yeah, and we use our dam water. So we've got it all automated so that we can, we can top up pretty easily.
0: And how long has this system been going here? And what sort of inspired you to get into aquaponics?
1: So we met a guy from town and um, he was right into it. And he wanted to do a community project where he employed people to actually set them up. So we kind of did a bit of a pilot with him. Um, we were finding, we didn't have any beds. We didn't have any soil. It's clay here. So it was kind of a way that we could start to grow something while we were, you know, composting and getting manure from the sale yards and making our own dirt so or soil. So, um, yeah, so it was sort of a, a very first thing that we did, um, and that's probably about four years ago that we got this system.
0: Well, it's wonderful. Now, we're going to have a little wander over to the, uh, the Bush Tucker Garden, which Vicky and other people have been working on in a while. If you hear some background noise, it's a, a working mini farm, so don't be worried about that. Uh, there are people here that are investing in the dream, which is Bethel. And, um, and we're just so inspired by Vicky and Billy who are kind of leading the project. And the Bush Tucker Garden has been a passion project for you. Vicky, tell us a little bit about how you got into it and give us a bit of background.
1: So most people be aware that Aboriginal people had um, obviously no chemists to go to. So they had to use all of their own resources that they found in the bush. So um, pretty much the, the idea that we wanted to start using some of our native bush tucker in our food but also there's a lot of medicinal plants too that we're growing so that um, you know we can get a resource together so if you had an ailment you could actually use something from the garden rather than going to the pharmacy
0: okay so uh, we've got a little pharmacy growing here now what we're going to do you can't see it clearly but we're just going to wander through different sections just have a yarn as we go but also maybe hear a little bit about some of the plants and 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 their uses so you lead the way, Vicky. You point, describe, yeah. and then tell us a bit a bit about it.
1: So, in the centre of our Bush Tucker Garden is some sandstone blocks, and we've actually got a fire pit there, and it's really important space for us um, because it's a you know it's a ceremony place where we come and we sit and um, you know hang out together. But also, some of the plants are very important here as well. So we've got an emu bush, uh, which any um, planties would know as uh Emeryphala longifolia which is quite a rare plant so we got 12 originally we gave one away as a gift and um it actually really loves it here so if anybody um wants one we can um certainly help you out with that so we get what we do with those is we actually break the branches off put them over hot coals and it's what was traditionally used as a smoking ceremony Um, the emu bush but also not only just the ceremony part it has a lot of antiseptic qualities. so they would actually aboriginal people would let their kids go into the smoke and breathe it in because it actually could help with bronchitis asthma Um, and also you can make up like a poultice and put it on um, different sores and things the antiseptic qualities as well help with that
0: Okay, so Amy Bush a bit here, and um, what else have we got as we continue just to wander through here?
1: Yeah, so we're using yam as a ground cover. It's um, from out in the desert, and uh, it loves it here because we are babying it a little bit and giving it some drip irrigation. Um, so we're using it as a ground cover, but also we'll use it as one of our staples. It's a really big, beautiful potato-like, sort of cross between a, a sweet potato and um, and a normal potato. So um, yeah, good for your health and, um, and just covers the ground too. In our bush tucker garden, we've got some grasses growing that we aren't really wanting here, but it's really important to have the ground covered. So while the yams and other um, native species are sort of catching up, we're just letting the grass stay. And, um, and as, the, as the other plants that we do want uh, growing and expanding, then we'll start to kind of cut the grass back a little bit.
0: It does look beautiful here. It would be great to see it. I might even upload a picture on the Red Dirt Nation page just so you can see what we're talking about here. Now, yams, um, once a year, do do you sort of harvest them?
1: Yeah, around August, we believe. Um, I mean, we could probably do anytime because of our ground we actually found they don't like quite as much water um you get a lot of leaf but you can eat the leaf as well so it's kind of a dual purpose um but the drier parts of the garden they actually grow bigger tubers so um yeah hopefully it'll be a staple and we will be able to just wherever we sort of stop and see it we'll be able to harvest something from it
0: so good now okay we're going to keep walking and uh you stop me somewhere and we'll talk about that
1: so we we're using Dianellas um, as our edge plants and um, you might be aware that they get like a little purple berry that you can eat. Um, so they're a beautiful plant, and um, but also an edible berry. I've uh, just got a few different um, natives, so like native guava, native mulberry, um, and native rosella. We're sort of just, um, all those sort of staples that you like to eat. Um, but the, the plant that was origina- originally here and actually likes the climate.
0: Okay, we're going to keep walking. Looks like there's some native bees over there. We might uh, have a look at those later. Oh, we go there now. We're going. We're going to head there now. So, a couple of little bee houses. Tell us about these.
1: So, um, what we've got is an eduction. So, we've got one hive that's fully formed, got honey in it, and there's a piece of polypipe from the front of that hive going to the back of the new hive. And what we're trying to do is a very um, loving way to split a beehive. So, when native bees um are in a log or somewhere if they sort of outgrow that log they'll actually send off some bees and make a new hive somewhere just like european honeybees do um so yeah eventually we'll have two hives but um just because of the dryness of the climate at the moment uh they're not sort of you know multiplying as quickly as normal so we're just giving them lots of time to to do that
0: and do they have a pollinating role here or uh, just for the fun of it
1: no definitely a pollinating role. Um, so european bees are great pollinators as well um, but they do compete with the native bees so we don't have any european hives on the place maybe down the track that might be something we'll look at but we definitely want the the um the native bee to thrive before we do that um yeah so obviously everything needs to be pollinated so birds and bees play a big part of that also bats we've got little insectivorous bats here that um that can help us out as well
0: Alright, we're going to keep wandering. This is the Red Dot Nation podcast. My name's Warren Crank and I'm interviewing Vicki Williams, who is the architect of a wonderful bush tucker garden and other gardens around this wonderful facility out of Bethel. So where are we now and tell us what we're looking at.
1: So in our bush tucker garden, we've got little sort of breakaway spaces where... Um yeah you can sort of walk sit um, we've got swings on one of the breakaway areas um, contemplation spaces got a beautiful mural that was done by lyra cooper um, just to help us to sit in and, and you know just contemplate and it also tells um, the story uh, one of the aboriginal stories um, in this area we've we've got a couple of different species of saltbush so old man's saltbush and two other ground cover versions um, great for cutting up and putting them in your dampers or anywhere where you'd normally use salt but it's also a bit of a herb as well so gives a bit of a um, an extra bit of fiber. Um, Most weeds and um, bush tucker plants are very high in nutrients more so probably than European versions that have been brought in so that's one of our other um, goals is to try and sort of use plants that naturally come up. There's a lot of weeds on the property because we don't use any sprays or chemicals on the place. Um, we know that if we pick something off the ground that it's not been touched by anything that it shouldn't have been. All
0: right, we'll keep wandering forward. And it's very lush looking. They've had quite a bit of rain out here uh, near Dolby. And uh, you can just tell I've, I've been out here quite a few times, sometimes very dry, but at the moment it's looking very green and lush. What do we got here?
1: So this is New Zealand spinach. Um... And it's basically, um, I think the, um, oh, what are they called? Captain Cook and those guys? Yeah, what? Explorers. Yeah. Um, yeah, they um, didn't get the memo that you need to blanch it in hot water. So um, it, it is poisonous. It, it builds up in your system, uh, oxalates. And yeah, so that's a great um, source of, it's just like a normal spinach, but we just have to cook it for 25 seconds in boiling water.
0: Okay so that you some some of these things I guess that's an example of something where you should be a little bit careful or those of us who um might go out hiking or something we might see something and think well that looks edible and nice but uh you do have to be a little bit careful about what you digest. Okay we're in another part of the garden now.
1: So we've got um, a couple of native rosellas uh we do love rosellas here we've um had a couple of years where we've grown them Uh, but again we're just trying to work with what we already had and we have a different garden as well that we use um different european species so we're not against them um you know there's some great great foods that we still eat from our garden but um yeah just trying to show that australia has so many amazing plants um for food and for medicine
0: all right we're going to keep wandering thanks for tuning into the Red Dirt Nation podcast by the way Uh, you might like to subscribe or friend it it's also on iTunes I don't know where you're picking it up but uh, it'd be great to have you on board we're trying to share stories from around the nation different people not necessarily famous people who are nevertheless doing remarkable things and Vicki Williams to me is such a person so here we are in another spot in the garden.
1: So here we have um, a finger lime sort of made a little bit more popular uh, in the restaurant scene. So a little tiny, sort of looks like a baby cucumber, but inside sort of got a caviar kind of look about it with these little citrus balls of beautifulness. And um, uh, we've got a native mulberry. Um, so again, just we have a lot of mulberries on the place. We love them. Um, they're great trees. And um, But we're just, you know, really trying to explore um, all the natives that we can We can.
0: Now, a lot of these are not indigenous necessarily to exactly this part of the world, but they seem to thrive in climate generally. Um, how have you gone with you know, bringing things um, and planting them that perhaps weren't naturally in this area? Has it uh, been hard work or do they take pretty easily?
1: We have lost plants. Um, and, you know, that's the, the sad thing. I don't like to kill plants. But also, if you don't sort of try, you don't sort of know. Uh, um, yeah, and this space is you know, is getting more shady. Um trees have an amazing ability to be able to talk to each other under the soil with um with fungi. And um so I think too, like as you start to build up your own little microclimate, some of these plants that normally wouldn't be here, they're actually coping really well. We had we did have two native mulberries and one died. Um and one was on the other side of the path. So I'm just figuring a little bit of extra shade so and that's the thing sometimes you try a plant somewhere it doesn't make it but you put it in another spot and it thrives so we've got um two gumby gumby plants here where there's about seven species of gumby and um it uh, gets a small red berry uh, orange berry sorry and um but it's actually the leaf that's really important in aboriginal culture and um it's ground up and it it's used for lots of different ailments but out of the seven there's only one that's actually the medicinal one so um we're thinking we have that one um so yeah we'll send some pictures and get it verified um but yeah it's it's a great plant too
0: vicky was just touching on trees and how they communicate with one another i've just read a book that uh, vicky lent me called the hidden life of trees i can't think of the author right now but you'll find it easy enough fascinating insights um new science and when it comes to how trees uh grow and even look after each other it's uh a, it's a pretty good read the hidden life of trees recommended by vicky okay we've just moved to another spot
1: so we've got a fair few wattle seed trees so acacia victoriae um, we grew these actually from seed and uh, they've just flowered for the first time so probably Two years in the ground. Um, so when they brown off, we'll pick them, get the seed, and I think what we'll do is we'll replant again, um, not in this area but in another area, and and harvest them as a bit of an income or for our own
0: food use. Beautiful. We're gonna keep on wandering. It's wonderful setup here. It's um, little pathways, but um, I guess it's for contemplation. You could walk around here and um, really sort of soak in. Beautiful creation, but uh, we're heading to another spot now, and um, Vicky's going to let us know what we're, what I'm looking at, and I hope you can picture it a little bit where you are.
1: Uh, So we've planted a few peanut trees and also a small leaf tamarind. So again, um, the tamarind's probably not our climate, but it's growing. It's growing slowly, but um, yeah, we probably in this area don't need everything to be really tall. So it it works in our favour to um, have things that are a bit smaller. yeah. And again, lots of the, um, New Zealand spinach. Um, and we have a fair few old man emi bushes cause they're beautiful silvery leaf plants that, um, yeah, just sort of, you know, bulk up a space and, and sort of frame our mural really beautifully.
0: Now, one of the things I think you're thinking here, Vicky, is to sort of have this as an enclosed garden. Um, and why, what's your intention there and what sort of experience do, would you like to create
1: yeah, so eventually we'd like it to be sort of an inner room, so you'd come inside. There's a there's two entrances and two exits, and um, yeah, so gates on there, and everything just grows up so that when you come in here, you kind of can feel like you're you're inside a little space, and it's not a it's not a huge space. It's probably you know fifty meters by thirty meters, um, but that does help too with the work because obviously anything that you start, um, you know, it always takes a bit of work with permaculture. Um, 90% of what you don't want at the start and 10% of what you do want and then as you start to grow what you do want and it starts to crowd out what you don't want that's when you start pairing it back and that's part of the reason with the grass um, we're just sort of you need the ground covered to keep the moisture in and it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because the grass does use some water too um, so we're sort of just always trying to get the balance but we have a lot of native species and Dobby can get quite windy so we do find a lot of seeds blow in um, and so we do get some great ground covers that are naturally in the area.
0: We're recording this uh, podcast in the morning because the wind does get up so we've taken advantage of the stillness of the day which is uh, wonderful. Now there's a spirituality in a place like this and uh, I don't know something about it communicates important things. Tell us a bit about what that means to you Vicky and, and what experience I guess you're trying to create for others.
1: Yeah, so since, um, I've been hanging out with Aboriginal communities, yeah, I just really appreciate their connectedness. Um, and we're actually not, when we say connectedness, I think it's just us fooling ourselves. No one's, no one isn't connected. Everything is connected. Everything's whole. And so, um, I think this place, um, just helps people to, experienced a creator as well and um, we have a lot of bird life that is coming back because we're not spraying and because we're planting and they're wanting to come and eat uh, what we've planted and um, yeah so I think just that connectedness to country but also to creator.
0: Now uh, last weekend I think there was a bird count being done out here tell us a little bit about what uh, what is trying to be achieved there.
1: So a Australia, Great Australian Bird Count um, I think it was the Only weekend we only had very basic birds come in, but we did have some weather. So I feel like they might have been sitting in a tree somewhere, um, bunkering down. But, um, yeah, we have, um, yeah, probably 50 species. We have Lake Broadwater, which is only 20 k's away, and they've got, I think, like over 200 species of birds. So we did find with the drought, a lot of the birds moved closer into town for the different water sources because Lake Broadwater did dry up. Yeah, and we did, we have noticed that um, a lot of them have stayed around. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately on that bird count, it didn't really reflect um, what we had. You had 20 minutes and you counted what was on your property. So we had kids running everywhere, people on trellises and um, trying to see as much as they could. Uh, We had pelicans on our dam. Um, We had two black cockatoos. We've actually planted some more trees at the cockatoos like some bilas which are native to this place Um, we're very keen to invite birds back to this place because that helps with insects Um, also doesn't sound like much but their droppings um, is a source of nitrogen so yeah it's all all part of putting the ecosystem back to normal
0: and that idea of the connectedness of everything is sort of illustrated by that it's sort of the way god made it and and uh, I've been talking to some people about Franciscan theology and how St. Francis sort of understood the the unity and nature of all things. So that's uh, that's been an important part of, of the whole story here. So what else have we got going on here, Vicky?
1: Um, so just a native guava, and um, yeah, he's fairly new, so we'll see how he goes. But um, yeah, it's all an experiment. Which sometimes I feel a little bit of pressure, but um, yeah, it's so worth it, and I think um, you know what's what's happened in the last couple of years um, has really uh, shown me that you can do anything. You just got to be patient and and um, yeah, and just put a lot of love into things.
0: Well, we've done a bit of a lap now. Is there anything we've missed? Just a quick scan of the situation.
1: Maybe. I just mentioned another sort of bee hotel. You might have seen them. They sometimes are at the um, garden shops and they've got little bits of bamboo and what they are is they're um, a native bee as well but they don't live in hives, they just live in hollows. And so, um, yeah, we just got a big piece of redwood and um, drilled lots of holes about five mil wide and made a pattern so it looks nice but with the idea that um, any small insect can actually use that and uh, because they only live by themselves and with their eggs and their... They're young. Um, yeah, they can come and go as they please, and just another way that we're going to try and support um, insects in this place.
0: Well, that's been wonderful. The uh, trucks are coming back now. There's a bit of action beginning to develop, so we'll wrap up here. But um, it's been great to wander with Vicky through her labour of love here, Bush Tucker Garden, as well as the aquaponics that we heard about a little bit earlier. And thanks for listening to the Red Dirt Nation podcast. It's been wonderful to have you on board. And uh, we'll catch up with you, hey, somewhere down the track. See ya.